The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, Brendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw Retro Review thing. Uh, so, of course, uh, we already did one of these this year. In January, we did the first episode of WCW Nitro. And uh, you know what, man? It's always a fun time to go back to the 90s, which were a fantastic period. Uh, because that's when we were teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. We didn't have these smartphones. Nope. We had dial-up internet. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and, of course, we had ECW, which is what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, given that Paul Heyman has credited uh, the rise of hip-hop and Nirvana <laughs> in the 90s as inspiration for Extreme Championship Wrestling, I'm wearing my Soundgarden shirt, oh, man. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Give me Soundgarden, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Paul. Come on now. Um, but uh, so anyways, today... On uh, on retro review with going in raw, uh, we're going to take a look at the first episode of ECW television that was branded extreme. It was coming hot off the heels of Shane Douglas uh, going into this NWA fatal four way match for uh, the NWA World's title mm-hmm. and uh, and what's his face uh, Dan Caluso was that his name Yeah, what was his first name Yeah. Uh, the the head of the NWA was not aware that Shane Douglas was going to trash and uh, and take a fat turd all over the NWA title yeah. in order to establish uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling as Extreme Championship Wrestling. Yes, yeah, so, uh, something uh, that was about uh, September to uh, about a year in the making at that point, because Paul uh, Paul Heyman had taken over in September of the previous year. Yeah. And he had said, we're going to talk about all this stuff. He had said that it was his goal from the get-go to make it a national promotion without the Eastern tag on it. Yeah. Um, of course, when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling, it was affiliated with the NWA. That's why they were having the NWA title bout uh, the, to, to fill or to find a new NWA champion after it was vacant. Well, it was, yeah, apparently it wasn't. And this is just some of the shit that I read on probably Wikipedia. But uh, it was considered at that point Eastern Championship Wrestling because of how popular they were at the flagship promotion of the mm-hmm. NWA. So mm-hmm. this is like, hey, we're trying desperately. You know, it had been, as Shane Douglas mentions in this big promo, uh, it had been seven years since uh, Turner had bought WCW 
sort of, and they split from the NWA, mm-hmm. um, which itself seemed to be kind of a gradual transition. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, but it kind of led to the 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 demise of the NWA as a national wrestling power. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so since then, they had been sort of limping along. Um, I watched a little bit of the uh, Forever Hardcore documentary because mm-hmm. the entire thing's on YouTube. Um, Gabe Sapolsky's in it. It was funny to hear his name be that dropped in the episode yeah, of ECW, yeah, yeah. Uh, working the ECW hotline or whatever it was. Um, and uh, and and you know, I forget. I don't know who it was that said this in the actual documentary. It was one of the wrestlers, one of the behind the scenes people, said that at that point the NWA was really just a bunch of relatively small independents limping along you know trying to beat their chest and say hey we're we're a big deal cuz we're NWA when mm-hmm. in fact they weren't really drawn a whole lot they didn't have a lot of quote unquote political power um in you know nationwide or mm-hmm. in the world of wrestling at that point and uh and yeah i mean if you look at how well ECW had been drawing at that point those crowds were damn impressive you yeah. know i mean they yeah. they were drawing a lot of people in that in that in the you know Philadelphia area mm-hmm. Um, and I guess beyond, um, but, uh, but yeah, Heyman, apparently when he took over, he took over in September of 93 at, uh, and, and the first show that he booked was ultra clash, uh, and his design apparently. So Eddie Gilbert was the head guy there. Todd yep. Gordon had owned it. He was a pawn shop guy. Todd Gordon was, and, uh, <laughs> Eddie, it was his own hardcore pawn, I guess, uh, Eddie Gilbert was running it, but they had a big falling out or mm-hmm. ultra clash. Mm-hmm. And Paul Heyman was there and he was working with them and yep. Paul Heyman took over the book yep. and, and he said it was his goal from day one to take them national. And, uh, because extreme was the big buzzword at the time, uh, that's the, he went in that direction because if you're extreme championship wrestling, you can be a national promotion. If you're Eastern championship wrestling, you're stuck, you're pigeonholed. Yeah. You're going to be in, in, the, in, in Northeast the country. Probably. Yeah. Extreme is universal. It extreme really is. is global. It really is. It really is. And it, you know, there's the, the the philosophical change is what we saw in uh, Shane Douglas' promo when he dumped the NWA title uh, in mm-hmm. the garbage, but also the the promo he did with Matt Bourne here that kind of kicked off the episode. Yeah. Which is we're going to get rid of the artifice of what TV professional wrestling is. We're not going to have the cartoon characters of 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 WWF or WCW. We're athletes. We're pro wrestlers. Um, and it's still interesting to see at this time in 94, they're still in the midst of that transition from getting rid of kind of the more sports entertainment aspects of professional wrestling. I mean, just like a year or so ago, Sandman was a surfer, you know, there was another surfer in this episode. There as well. was so- Ray Odyssey. Yes. It looked like he just <laughs> took the wetsuit the Sandman wore a year ago and put it on himself. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny because the entire transition, um, it, it's interesting to look at this episode because it was the first one that was branded extreme, but this episode was kind of just another episode. I was actually kind of surprised watching this and understanding how not compl- how how this didn't really symbolize a complete. Sorry, Heyman didn't endeavor to reboot Mm-mm. much of anything. This was Mm-mm. kind of business usual because for the past year he had already you know, been going this direction. Like this was not something that was brand new. It seemed to me more just like, you know, okay, well we had planned on doing something like this. And then it was just him and Shane Douglas had said, had decided, Hey, we're going to go in and we're going to do this um, as part of our rebrand. But it's not like there was a big sea change from the previous episode to this one. They were just carrying stuff over and everything had been proceeding, uh, you know, according to plan because like they had been doing hardcore for a year already. Yeah. Yeah, they had, but it wasn't even back then. Even though it, when Heyman took over and and, and and you know had the change of philosophy, it's not like, all right, here we go, we're gonna have barbed wire matches day one. You know, they started right. incorporating some of the more hardcore stuff. It was during this early part. Um, I think it's earlier '94. There was the show where a bunch of people tossed chairs in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Terry Funk Sabu Terry match. Funk. I think it was. Yeah, um, there were elements coming into play from what we'd see in '96, '97. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't all the way there yet. And, and you see a lot of, you, you know, there, you, you have Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck tagging. Mm-hmm. It was starting Mikey's ascent to become champion mm-hmm. eventually. Um, but then you have wrestlers like Rock and Rebel, who's mm-hmm. very much like an early 90s wrestler with the mullet and the tassels on the pants. It's it's it's, an, a weird, it's a weird amalgam. I mean, like 
Shane Douglas more or less says Matt Bourne is the epitome of kind of the dichotomy of wrestling Cartoon in the wrestling, wrestling business. Yeah. You had him, of course, Matt Bourne, Matt Bourne was doink in WWF. Um, and what started out as kind of a, a subversive take on a clown, uh, you know, became a, 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 probably a means by which to sell toys by the, by the mm-hmm. time that he was gone from Matt Bourne was gone from WWF. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so he came to ECW and they were doing some really interesting stuff with Shane Douglas and Matt Bourne where, you know, Matt Bourne's time as Doink the Clown of WBF kind of messed with his head quite a bit. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. and he kind of developed a bit of a split personality. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, you know, half his face was painted with the Doink face paint. The other half wasn't. He'd yeah. come out with, you know, Doink pants, but he'd have like a flannel uh, uh, shirt on. Mm-hmm. You know, with the sleeves cut off like he was as Big Josh when he was in WCW before mm-hmm. he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a whole bunch of, yeah. Um, like all those gimmicks sort of colliding and, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, no, it is it is kind of interesting because, yeah, it did seem, especially with Shane Douglas opening the show with Doink right next to him, that if there was a statement to be made, it wasn't necessarily in, hey, we're changing the presentation, you know, wholesale. It was, it was the Doink thing in that, we're now extreme championship wrestling. So we're going to consider ourselves on a national level, even though what you're talking about with like rock and rebel there, which by the way, what a history that guy ended up having. Yeah. Um, they were still local in that. That's what local promotions do. They pull from whatever, whoever they can get yeah. locally and make the most of them. Yep. Um, and so they were still very much on that level. Uh, you know, using, you know, gimmicky guys like, in you know, Ray Odyssey, the surfer that we yeah. were just talking about. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it it was, it's interesting that this was finally like the, the Shane Douglas promo at the NWA was, you know, the thing they could finally say, okay, now we're going now, now we're going to be our own thing. Now we're Mm going to be a national promotion. It's interesting. It took you, I mean, when Heyman, cause I watched a little bit of, uh, God, what is it? The untold story of ECW. It's when just him and Corey Graves had an interview mm. uh, back in 2016. They did this, I think, when they were doing a bunch of the ECW stuff on the network. And uh, and Heyman had just said, you know, as soon as I was brought on, I wanted to bring it national and I wanted to, you know, make it extreme. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Um, and uh, and the first thing he did at Ultra Clash was the public enemy match. So it was scheduled to be public enemy 
And uh, Jason, the model guy, yeah. was uh, part of a team called, I forget what they were called, but him and Ian Rotten were a team. Mm-hmm. And Public Enemy came in and Paul Heyman said, usually your opening match is like, oh, let's you know tell some jokes, have a good time, warm up the crowd. Yeah. Public Enemy comes in and they squash him in four minutes and make him bleed. And so Paul's, even from the start, from like the very first match, he was like, this is the direction I want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, but it took him this long to sort of ease into it. And even from this point on, there were, there were still some easing into it, you know? I mean, like mm-hmm, the yeah. episode after this one, we have Tommy Dreamer, but you look at the thumbnail, he's got the green suspenders on still. Right. Yeah. But he's swinging yeah. a kendo stick. Yeah. 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 I don't remember that being a popular look of the nineties green suspenders. I don't either, but there he is. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. There's Tommy. Yeah. With the green suspenders swinging the kendo stick at the Sandman, who's not a surfer anymore. No, he hadn't been a surfer for a little while. It yeah. had been a little while since he had been a surfer. So all the pieces were coming into play, um, or into place rather. And uh, and yeah, so, but no, this episode, it was just sort of, you know, they were just business as usual. They didn't, they didn't have the, even the ECW logo. No. I don't think on the ECW, on the Eastern Championship Wrestling backdrop behind no, commentary, which I think was painted. Um, because if you, there's a couple close up shots of Joey styles. And if you look really closely, it, it's like, it looks like they just did it on, you know, on their, uh, front lawn, like with a big sign and some paint, Yeah. but then they had spray painted underneath that. So you can't even see it in the shot, but people, people keep on looking back and yeah. referencing it. They painted, they spray painted like this is extreme or something like yeah. that, on yeah, it, yeah. which is awesome. So I think the first real look we get at the ECW logo, as we know it, I just see here a thumbnail from. November 8th, mm. where Tommy Dreamer is wearing a shirt with the ECW with the barbed wire logo on it as we as we know it. But even for even till the end of the year, it looks like yeah. at least till November, you know, the little thing they have in the microphone still mm. says oh, yeah, the, yeah, it's still yeah. the old ECW. All that uh, shit was probably so much more expensive back then. No, probably. <laughs> like unless, stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why they had to like, you know, paint their own sign. Heck, even April of 95, they still have the old backdrop for promos. Oh, really? Yeah. That's probably shit's expensive. <laughs> June like, 95 is still there. Yeah. It's just going through the, the thumbnails even is, is an interesting little time capsule and and, oh yeah, I know, I know. It is, it is. Um, you know, and, and they were, as you mentioned, they were kind of operating still as like a regional promotion because they'd have the local mainstays and they'd bring in people as they could, the national names. I'm sure you know Heyman yeah. having come from WCW prior to mm-hmm. joining ECW, he made a lot of connections there. Mm-hmm. You know, oh yeah, yeah. You look at well, the he former, had been, you know, he had been a photographer since he was like 16 years yeah. old. Like yeah. he was, yeah, he was. He's been in the business since he, you know, w- could work. Yeah. So, you know, of course, Cactus Jack was a WCW, uh, mm-hmm. Too Cold Scorpio. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people they brought in the, who had worked in the national level before were, I mean, I, I can't say with certainty, even Shane Douglas, for that matter, all people yeah. who used to work in WCW. At this point, Shane Douglas was a 12-year vet. That's crazy. Like, he had been around for a long time. Like, he was he was like in the Hogan. He was around in the Hogan era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, let's let's take a moment here before we go to the breakdown. Let's talk Shane Douglas. Um, okay. As far as him being the guy to build your promotion around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, we watched a good deal of ECW when we were in college. Yeah, sure. You know, from 98 to 2000, 2001. And, and mm-hmm. he was there pretty much apart, you know, except when he went to, back to WCW. Yeah. Uh, towards the tail end of WCW. You know, he was the foundation, the franchise of ECW. Yeah. yeah. And I know he's a good promo, but in a lot of ways, he can be a good promo. Technically, no, you're right. Technically, you can give this guy the mic and he can go. Yeah, he, he can talk on the mic and you can tell he's not going to mess up. Um, <laughs> yeah. But in a lot of ways, I remember, we, I think we had this conversation maybe even back when we were in college. Probably in a lot of ways, he doesn't really epitomize what the ethos of ECW was. Uh, Other yeah. than he would go out there and cuss. Yeah, no, you're right. I, look, I, I don't disagree. I think that he's, you know, as a, I always kind of appreciated Shane Douglas back then as like a bad guy. Oh, speedball Mike Bailey oh, rated us so with much. a party at 42. Notice how we get excited because our voices go up like this. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so, 
yeah, I remember back in the day, back in you know, you know when we were in college. I always thought he was cool because he was the dude who he would wear like the cast. He had the cast forever, and he. Yeah. Had, I always appreciate. I always liked the Triple H type guys, and Shane Douglas accuses Triple H later on about stealing his shit here, including the backwards beanie and and some of his promos. He claims that some of his promo lines that Triple H would say and some of his stuff in ninety nine, two thousand, two thousand one were directly ripped from some of his promos. And I'd like to see a side-by-side comparison yes. if there are any out there to see if yeah. that's true. Yeah. And I've I've heard this from a different a couple different places. But I always liked that type, the guys <laughs> the, the bad guys who would like hold other people down. I thought that was kind of cool cuz I'm like, "Oh man, that's neat." Um and Douglas was one of those guys, but looking back now, looking back at this episode, I'm like, "God damn, this guy just really liked the sound of his own voice." But if you understand from from Heyman's perspective, you have somebody reliable yeah, who's been around for twelve years, who better, also has yeah. his own relationships. Yeah, um, I could see why. And dude, Shane Douglas—he's a very charismatic guy. He carries himself in a way that's, but he is—he's got. Come on, he's got the camera charisma. It's there. He carries himself in a way that is big dog. Is anything else about him particularly interesting? I Not terribly. Really, I never really found him all that compelling of a of a character. Yeah, and that's not a slide at Shane Douglas as a person. I don't know who Shane Douglas is as a person, just as as a character as portrayed on ECW television. I always kind of saw him as one of the least interesting characters there. Right, but look at the because one reason why I think maybe comparatively speaking, there were a million awesome characters yeah. in ECW. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, and yet so he, he was always yeah. the foundational piece. He was the guy who seemingly always had the title. And yes, a lot could be said, especially if you're a smaller promotion trying to go national and you may not have the resources to necessarily keep a lot of your talent at a certain point. You know, you, you go with the hand that you can rely on. I understand that until 1995 when he goes back to WWF to be Dean Douglas, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then he came back. He came right back. Yeah. He came right back. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's the, the opening segment. So the show, it says this episode opens with, with a little bit of a recap of Shane's promo when he dumps the NWA title in the trash, and you get you get a lot of great, you know, early mid '90s video effects, you know, with like the wall of of, of little Shane Douglas windows, and they're all kind like of, you're a fly, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's just like a, a million different, yeah, like you said, a wall of like you know TVs or wall of yeah, the yeah, image yeah, yeah. of him doing that, yeah, yeah. And it, he gives it, his it, own speech, that that whole speech about. You know, oh, dad, we're about to do this. And, uh, you know, to all the steamboats and flares and funks, they can all kiss my ass. He throws the NWA title down and then he proclaims us to be the heir of ECW. And uh, again, watching the hardcore uh, forever hardcore documentary was great because uh, what, what was the name? Don Caluso was there Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He was there and apparently he was sitting next to Todd Gordon. He didn't know it was going to happen. And, uh, and and he looks over at Todd Gordon, and Todd Gordon said he was eating popcorn. And he was like, hey, he's, he's pissing all over the title. And he's like, no, 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 this is great. Watch, it's, it's, it's an angle. It's just an angle. It's, yeah. you know, it's, just, just watch this. And then right afterwards, they actually got uh, uh, Caluso to cut a couple promos, mm-hmm. thinking that it was an angle, and saying, no, I'm going to force Shane Douglas into wearing that title. Yeah. yeah. So they were able to take back that to ECW and do what they wanted to do and still run that promo. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty, <laughs> they it's pretty tr- impressive. They tricked them. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. So uh, the opening segment of the show was Shane Douglas, Matt Bourne, in front of the ECW backdrop. And Shane, I'm, I'll, I'll paraphrase here because Shane likes to talk. Um, says, when I look at Doink, uh, Doink represents everything that I couldn't stand about pro wrestling. Yet when I looked at him, there was something underneath that makeup that I couldn't turn away from. A man, a professional wrestler. And at this point, Matt Bourne has his back to the camera. He's got the doink mask on. So he takes that off. He turns around and says, you, you know, you can clown around. So, sorry, he says, I can clown around and still kick your ass. You want to swing a stick? You want to swing chairs? I can still kick your ass. But the bottom line is, I'm an ECW and you're not. And this is when Shane starts talking about alphas and omegas, beginnings and mm-hmm. ends. He says, I buried the NWA. Today, in 1994, I am the Alpha. I stand as the resurrection of the sport of professional wrestling, bearing the idea of pro wrestling as entertainment, as a cartoon atmosphere, 
I began that transformation today with the epitome of the cartoon. He points to Matt Bourne and uh, to the epitome of a man as a pro wrestler. And he continues. He says, ECW has taken pro wrestling to the outer limits. There are no contenders to the throne. If you want the best wrestling in the world today, uh, I, uh, he says, I declare the world of pro wrestling, uh, 1994 and before rest in peace, 1994 and beyond the alpha, the beginning. Angie's list is now Angie. And we've heard a lot of theories about why I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah. So I got a lot of stuff wrong here. His name was Dennis Coraluzo. Oh, that okay. was the president of the NWA. Uh, but yeah, so check this out. This is this is how all this would have been changed, perhaps, with one with one incident. So uh, according to that Forever Hardcore documentary, yeah. Douglas only decided to throw that title down after the NWA president, Dennis Coraluzo, buried Shane oh, Douglas right. on Mike Tanay's radio show. So Mike Tanay had called Shane Douglas like, hey, did you hear what uh, Coraluzo said on, on my radio show? He called you unreliable, said that you, you know, you he you owed him an appearance because he paid you and you no show to show. Yeah. <laughs> so Shane Doug was like, I don't even know this guy. Like I know who he is, but yeah. I don't really know him. And so like apparently he just rubbed him the wrong way. Otherwise, I guess maybe they just would have done it sort of quietly mm-hmm. and said, Hey, Eastern Championship Wrestling is not going to be extreme championship wrestling. We're leaving the NWA. But instead, because Shane Douglas was pissed off that this guy had run him down. He made a big deal about it, and they yeah, were able yeah. to use this ad nauseum. They were using it over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we get the opening video package for the show, and it's so weird seeing an ECW open without the, the theme that we know best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Extreme? Extreme Championship, championship Wrestling? wrestling. Yeah, it was just... It was a very generic, and I know they didn't have, like, GarageBand back then, like yeah. the app. But like it was very yeah, it's more like you know kind of a punk vibe to it than yeah, kind of, but really lame. It was bad. It was yeah, it wasn't that interesting though. No, this is all a work in process. We're all learning here. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we had a recap. So again, interesting. Going back to like TV, which is fascinating to me, the TV production aspect of things. ECW would kind of just do the same thing. They would go and you know they they'd have all their shows like locally film and film and film and film and then just sort of cobble it together yeah. and have Joey Styles be the you know the framing yeah, yeah. device. I mean sometimes um, they just cut to something with no context whatsoever like the bit with 911 and Heyman destroying Chris Canyon yeah, yeah, who was in the opening yeah. bout. Yeah. Yeah. Well no, after I thought the main event was going to be Shane Douglas versus um uh well, what was his name? Uh the dude from New Japan. Uh hold on. Uh, uh Nishimura. Uh, yeah. And and then all of a sudden like after that it just it just cuts to Tasmaniac versus Ray Odyssey. Mm-hmm. You no think, okay, context. No, <laughs> no, there's more, but we don't really understand why. It's just no, you know Heyman no was forming his dangerous alliance, and and there you go. Uh, but yeah, they had a recap of uh, Public Enemy uh, losing their tag titles to Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck, uh, and then we get a Cactus Jack Mikey Whipwreck promo. People have probably seen this a lot because this is one of them. Whenever you watch any documentary of like Cactus Jack or Mick Foley or whatever, this uh, promo is run here. And uh, and it's an odd couple. Mikey Whipwreck, way out of his league. He was yes. like a brand new, like a trainee basically. Yeah. And now he's thrown in the deep end with his sharks and he's terrified. And he's got this crazy partner in Cactus Jack. And he says, uh, you know, me and Mikey, we're not great. Public enemy are great. They walked out with the strap. Well, we walked out with the straps and now they're mad. 
Foley says, the history of pro wrestling has uh, made their mark on me. So public enemy, make your mark and live forever. And then he's, he says, Mikey. Yeah, go ahead. He's uh, They were talking about, you know, Vader taking his ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. Of stuff. yeah. Yeah. And he says, Mikey, what does it mean that public enemy's mad now? And Mikey says, I'm going to die. <laughs> it's very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. And he says, Mikey likes it. He really yeah. likes it. Yeah. I mean, it was this story that really catapulted Mikey Whipwreck to, to main event or oh, ECW yeah. for a stretch, you know? This was a classic story for Mikey yeah. Whipwreck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, first match, Chris Canyon. And, Who better? Who better than Canyon? Uh, Dino Sendoff. It's uh, a great on, name. It is if a great nothing name. else. have no idea who this guy was, but it was a great name. Uh, taking on Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, it's not much of a match uh, until Public Enemy comes out to attack Mikey Whipwreck. So there's just a brawl that breaks out between Public Enemy and Cactus Jack. Mikey Whipwreck uh, it eventually makes his way uh, up the ramp. Chairs get involved. And it just it just ends. Um, okay, so... Oh, no, never mind. That was a different guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just ends. It was a really extent. The brawl was longer than the actual oh, match. By it was a really long brawl. Uh, and then, yeah, I do appreciate there was one little bit about the, in this brawl. I think it was in this brawl. They're sort of on, I guess, what would be considered the entrance ramp. They're almost backstage to just behind curtains. And uh, and one of the dudes, I forget which one it was, he's got a chair and he's like hitting the other guy. Or maybe it was Cactus. Jack, yeah, Cactus know. had the chair, yeah. Cactus had the chair. And there was a kid, a teenager, who was trying to give him his chair. <laughs> And it looked at one point like the kid was going to try to take a shot himself. He thought better of it and put it away. <laughs> it's a Philly, Philly crowd for you right there. You know, there was oftentimes the ECW arena where uh, crowd participation was encouraged. So it was a bit much. It was a bit much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after that, get a, get a load of this name. Stormin Mike Norman. Again, very, very <laughs> mid early mid nineties wrestling name. Remember Stormin Norman Schwarzkopf? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, two cold Scorpio. This dude doesn't put on bad matches. No. Uh, before the match, he had a promo. He says, you know, uh, that night uh, when Shane Douglas won the title, Shane was the better man and won the NWA title. He says, but then he threw it down. I'm thinking, what is he doing? He said, he must be starting something new here. It's time to start something new, Shane. When you step in the ring with two cold, I'm taking you to the extreme. And uh, he took Storm and Norman here to the extreme Larson because he whooped this dude's ass. Yeah, that was pretty much a squash match. Uh, Scorpio hits body slam, moonsault covers, but then gets off the cover because he wants to do more. Well, Super yeah. kick, four fifty to get the win. Two the people Scorpio paid to see awesome. the four. They paid to see the four fifty. Oh yeah, they did. That's what. That's what they were like putting that over huge. The four fifty was it was the shit. Yeah. Um, and then he comes out a little bit later. Because I guess him and Shane Douglas were going to have a, a feud after this. Yeah, yeah, they have a title match. I think they said. I think Saturday, the following Saturday. Ah, I wonder if that was going to be said, a pay per view so. or something. Yeah. Um, then we had a recap of Jason, mm-hmm. the TV champ, the male model. Yeah, blasting Rock and Rebel with Dude. the TV title. Singles action. Down. That was singles action. That's what WWE Network. There were two people that WWE Network blacklisted. Chris Benoit, of course, was one of them. Yeah. Rock and Rebel was the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Murder suicide. Eesh. Yeah. Um, so uh, Rock and yeah. Rebel was in action against Jason. Next, uh, we had a Dean Malenko appearance here. Apparently, he was aligned with Jason. The shooter. The shooter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jason dubbed himself the sexiest champ on earth. Uh, start the match. Jason distracts the ref. And then Rebel, I don't know why, tries to take a shot at Malenko. Malenko just hits him with an arm ringer. And mm-hmm. about a minute and a half later, uh, Jason uh, attempts a kind of a, an awkward pinning combination and uh, puts his feet on the ropes to get the win. So the one question I have is, when did the concept of extreme rules, like they were not they were not enforcing any rules even no, at this No, because point. Ray Odyssey punched Taz in, in the front area. And even before that, there was something else in that match that was illegal. And I was like, oh, wow. It was like chair shots, I think, or something. Oh, maybe, it was maybe. something weird. I think Taz hit him with a chair. And I was like, oh, is he going to get a D- no DQ? Okay. So extreme rules were already in play here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Let me, let's, let's pause here. What do you think of, you know, if the concept of extreme championship wrestling is extreme, 
Are you down with extreme rules or do you think it's sort of like, man, like at, at that point, nothing really matters because anybody can do anything. And it's like it actually went back when we used to watch. I thought it was really cool because it was like, man, these finishes were so nuts. And, and it was an interesting way to tell stories these days. Like now looking back on it, does it make it more or less interesting to you? I don't know if it necessarily makes it more or less interesting. It's a way to separate yourself from everybody else, though. That's true. You know, if, 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 yeah, I understand WB's rule book is a sketch pad and probably was at this time, too. Yeah. Um, you know, even so, if, if your competition's rules are somewhat nebulous, or in the case of WCW, various stretches, like so draconian that if you get, if you get, if you're thrown over the top rope, the person did that's DQ'd. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Let's toss yeah. the rule book out. Yeah. And it, and it and it allows for no wonky DQ finishes yeah. where it's like, oh, we're robbed of a satisfying finish. So many of those finishes under extreme rules, when you look back at the actual finish, the crowd is in such a frenzy because shit is going crazy. I think extreme rules works exclusively if you're trying to do some decent storytelling. Yeah. You know, if, if you're just being lazy, I mean, it's like anything else. If you put effort into it and you're being, uh, you know, thoughtful about it, mm-hmm. then it can work out really, really well. If you're being really lazy with it, then it's like, why even bother? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we had a Shane Douglas interview. Surprise. Um, <laughs> he's talking about how he always knew he'd be a world champion as a wrestler. No yeah. entertainment. No acting here. From day one, I said I was going to be a wrestler. Then Cactus Jack steps in and says, Shane, we started out on this thing 12 years ago. Look, it was, it's like that Paul Rudd little bit. Look at us. Look at you us. Know, look at us. Who'd have thought? Who'd have Not thought? me. He Not says, me. you're a world champ. I'm a tag champ. And hey, maybe one day after 12 years, we'll get in the ring together and see who the better man is. And then Shane's like, yeah, sure, buddy. I think he calls. I think he says Mick. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he Rather does. Than no, he, yeah, Jack. he does. Yeah. Rather than saying Cactus Jack or, 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 you know, he drops kayfabe, calls him Mick. So mm-hmm. he, he then Shane proceeds to talk shit about Ted Turner, WCW, mm-hmm. WWE. He says ECW is about hardcore wrestling. Look at the hat. And then they kind of have a segue to his match. He says uh, in Japan they know about hardcore wrestling because there's nothing fake about Japanese wrestling, just like mm-hmm. there's nothing fake about ECW wrestling. And there's a really hard abrupt cut after he says that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, let's pause here for a second before we get into the Shane Douglas match. I texted you this, this jokingly, but I'm kind of curious. Having witnessed this episode, which had a lot of Shane Douglas in it. Yeah. Was he supposed to be a good guy? I think he thought he was being a good guy. You know, as given what happened with the NWA title and him throwing it in the garbage. Yeah. It seems like his position is, hey, I'm I'm the flag bearer for e- for extreme championship wrestling. Right, yeah. yeah. And so you think in that sense, good guy. Right, yeah, exactly. I come home and the crowd's supposed to love me. But he's so condescending <laughs> to, to Nishimura here. Yeah, but I don't know if that's... Like, is he, does he, does he think, does, I don't think he thinks he's being condescending. That doesn't mean he's not being condescending though. I know. I know. But that interview that he, that he just had. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just like, oh, let's look at all these microphones right here. Look, I'm the Michael Jordan of wrestling right yeah. now because I threw down this NWA title that nobody. Yeah. Cared about I don't know. Days. I don't know. I mean, by the time we started watching it at 98, he was thoroughly healed. Full on heel, full on bad guy. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think he was this iteration of. Douglas until he left. Yeah. And then he came back and apparently he was still doing his Dean Douglas gimmick for like, I don't know, an episode or one appearance. Uh-huh. And then he turned heel on something and did whatever. Yeah. But uh anyways, uh Osamu Nishimura uh had a match against Shane Douglas. Uh Osamu Nishimura had a good career in New Japan. He was a, a tag team champion. He was a tag team specialist. Mm. Uh he won a tag league one year, I forget what I think Tenzin. Uh, he won, uh, he won the, the tag championships there in new Japan a couple times, I think. Um, but he had a, he had a solid run. I think he's still wrestling. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah. Like on, as a freelancer in Japan. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, he had, he had a good career there, uh, and still apparently is. And, uh, and he, uh, fought Shane Douglas, not shockingly, Shane gives us another promo to start this match or before this match. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, he says, he says, Osamu, he says, you know, we all respect you. You're a fine athlete. You're facing the franchise. And I'm going to give you the lesson, of an, the lesson of an entire career this afternoon. You know what I noticed during this match? Hmm. That there is doors, like glass doors behind uh, uh, Shane Douglas. He's doing this. And the sun was coming through. It was daytime wrestling. <laughs> May I ask why is that significant? I'm curious. I don't know. I kind of feel like ECW should only hold their shows at like 11 p.m. and after. <laughs> That's when they run TV. That's oh, yeah. when we used to watch it at like I two know, in the morning. I know, but it kind of it kind of it kind of ruins the illusion of ECW. It's like, oh, it's it's, it's sunny outside. <laughs> it should. Oh, well, let me ask you this: Would your perception sort of be in line with ECW if it was like super storming, raining outside? No, night. <laughs> it has to be night. It has to be night. It has no to be sun. interesting. <laughs> The daytime, or he says the daytime is not extreme. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The most extreme things probably do happen at night. Now that yeah. I think about it, I had not. I honestly, <laughs> I had not noticed that they were day wrestling. Yeah, they were day wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> or they had some like really powerful lights coming through those doors. Oh man, oh. that's great. Uh, this is now, I now I now I'm just gonna, I, while you talk about this match, I just want I'm gonna yeah. Go look back at Shane while he's doing now. his promo. You can see the doors behind him. I believe. All right. Um, this is a decent enough match, I guess. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, two cold Scorpio uh, comes down to ringside to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of roll-up attempts in this bout. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. In the end, Shane <laughs> hits a perfect plex kind of out of nowhere uh, to get the win. And guess what? He grabs the mic. <laughs> get another promo. He says, uh, you know, Asamu, uh, 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 when you go back to Japan, you could say you lost to the franchise, and there's no shame in that. Yeah. He should, you know, he should have incorporated his uh, his his name, and they said, "There's no shame in that." Oh, there you go. <laughs> so then, uh, uh, he said, "Now I'm about to go have lunch." <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, and then Osamu grabs the mic and this proceeds to give Shane all sorts of crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I love that there was no translation. Yeah. You could just know from the body language yep. and, you know, the 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 t attention in his voice that uh, this guy was not happy with Shane Douglas. Did you see the, the sunshine coming through the door, Steve? I'm 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 getting there. All right. I'll move on to Tasmaniac versus Ray Odyssey. As mentioned earlier, seemingly Ray Odyssey inherited the Sandman's gimmick after the Sandman moved on. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Ray Odyssey's surfer gimmick predates Sandman's surfer gimmick. Maybe I wonder if at any point down the line, or, you know, they, they did like a surfer versus surfer gimmick. That's or a, good, a match, that's rather, a good, you know? That's a good, that's a good, good point. Maybe, maybe Sandman lost that, and then doing so lost surfer gimmick. I don't know. That could be. Uh, so, yeah, th there's a stretch where uh, Tasmaniac, Taz, is wrecking. Ray Odyssey ringside hits him with the chair. They go back in the ring, and then Ray Odyssey just punches Taz right mm. in the front area. Just directly <laughs> yeah. in the front area. Yeah. goes up top, hits this crazy, like, flipping kick thing. <laughs> you see the sunlight? Totally day wrestling, yeah. Yeah, they're that's day weird. wrestling. Yeah, um, they're, like, at a convention or something. He, he hits this crazy flipping kick thing. I don't know if I've ever seen a move like that. It's like a Pele kick, but off the top rope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool, yeah. Um, gets a two there, and then Taz, kind of out of nowhere, just hits a Taz Plex, gets the win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when Taz changed it up to be the human suplex machine. I was not a fan of this iteration of Taz. I, I didn't. I wasn't watching this early. Yeah. So I only saw this in retrospect. Uh, like looking back whenever we did yeah, reviews, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "This is not." He was way cooler as a human suplex machine. Oh heck Just, yeah, heck yeah. Coming out with stuff. the you know the yeah, towel over yeah, his head, you couldn't cool. see his eyes at all when he. Gosh, that was so good. It was so good. <laughs> Menace. Trey Phil, Trey Phil here says brunch time wrestling. Yeah. BT dub. Yeah, but when, uh, yeah, when Taz like repackaged himself to make him like just like scary dude. Yeah, it was oh man. Was he great. was so he was so over. I know. He was so incredibly yeah, over. Yeah, he was. Yeah, the packaging yeah. from the towel to the, 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 the pose. Oh man, it was terrific. Like it his was presence terrific. was off the charts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. Great it presence. Totally was. All right, then we get another hard cut. No context here. We get 911 and, and uh, Paul Heyman in the ring. And so Heyman, you know, he's still got the cell phone gimmick from, from WCW. Yeah, he was unforgiving with those 
headshots with the cell phone. Yeah, he was. He blasts Paul Loria with it, and then 911 hits Loria with a choke slam, and then 911 hits Canyon with the choke slam. Mm-hmm. And then, and like the crowd is chanting, do the ref, do the ref. Yeah. And so Heyman's pulling the crowd about who's going to get the new choke slam. Of course, the crowd wants the ref to eat it. 911 obliges, uh, hits him. Uh, the, the ref with a choke slam, and they start to leave, or they're about to leave, and the crowd's chanting one more time, and 911's like, nah, mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. And he gets back in the ring, and Heyman's like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. And then yeah. he blasts the ref in the head with his phone, another choke slam. Whoopee. And that's yeah. how the show ends. And that's how it ends, just another episode. And then Sandman opens the next one. So it's just, you know, you don't have to have everybody on the show every week no. as long as you have four Shane Douglas promos. And that's the key. Day wrestling for Shane Douglas promo. Brunch time wrestling. Yeah. Shane Douglas, like, just load up the Shane Douglas promos. Have him talk about alphas and omegas. <laughs> yeah. The alpha, the omega. It's like, you just, learned, you just learned those terms, didn't you? <laughs> Wasn't he actually a teacher? Yeah, he was actually a teacher. Probably a really smart guy, Shane yeah. Douglas. Yeah. I was, he's, he's a good shoot interview, too. I yeah, always really is. liked his, his interviews. Um, somebody here in chat, who was this? Uh, Jorge. So this is I saw this in, a, in this shoot interview I saw because I was like okay what is this Shane Douglas Triple H thing, and and Jorge has the line here he says I was watching one of the WWF shows this is in the late late nineties or whatever two thousand whatever it is and uh, I think and he says uh, I'm finishing up putting a sandwich together I was in the kitchen he says and I was just sort of listening to it he says I come around the corner right here it's my belt it's my belt it's my damn belt. And I went, hmm, that's because he said my brain was sort of scratching at me while I was listening to this. He's like, that's why it scratched my brain. That promo was almost verbatim one of mine, except I use, you know, the F-bomb, not damn. He says, borrowing's one thing. I'd be embarrassed to take somebody's, somebody else's promo, especially a fairly famous promo, and, may, and word for word make it mine. I'd like, to, I'd like to know if it was more than just that's my belt, it's my belt, it's my belt. Yeah. <laughs> because that's yeah. like... I don't know, um, but I don't know. I don't know if Triple H is ever, if you know, we ever, if you ever talk to Paul, maybe you can I'll, ask him. I'll put this out there. Yeah, you know, if if Shane Douglas doing four promos to show or a regular on a regular, it was a regular thing in ECW. Odds are someone else going to cover that same ground. You know, <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, he probably said everything there is to say. Yeah, there is everything there is to say in the wrestling ring. So, yeah. Um, well, here's one thing also to consider. The Click did not like this guy. No. They didn't. You can watch a Scott Hall interview where they do not. He was like, I, this guy came in. Everybody said he was hot shit. And then I was like, I don't see anything special about him. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, if Scott Hall thinks that way, chances are the rest of them are going to think that way, too. So I don't know how likely it is that, that he stole from him. But it's, it's possible. I guess stranger things have happened. Yeah. If you see somebody doing something really cool. You know, I guess maybe, hey, he's the game. He's going to rip it off. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Again, a side-by-side comparison would be interesting. I don't recall Shane Douglas ever using a sledgehammer. No. I feel like He's that had that cast more. on like for a, a Cowboy Bob Orton. Yeah. Ridiculous amount of time. Like, was it, did Shane Douglas hear somebody say, oh, I, and I was in the kitchen, you know, making a, getting a bowl of chips, and I heard somebody say, you know, let me tell you something. And I was like, whoa. Now, if you, was, there was a Triple H promo talking about the Alpha and Omega at the beginning and the end, <laughs> that he could be onto something. <laughs> the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Turn to page 42. <laughs> We're going to have a pop quiz here, kids. Oh, wait, the wrong script. Oh, oh. man. Anyways, we have a couple of questions here on the Patreon, some ECW questions. Uh, David Matushek says, if you were filling in the shoes of Tommy Dreamer or the Sandman during ECW Hardcore TV's first five weeks, what would be your first act of action? If I was the Sandman, I'd get, I get the wetsuit back on. If I was Tommy Dreamer, I'd take those green suspenders off. Not very intimidating. I remember there was one, it was like, 
he i don't know it was like the, one of the first times i think he was like a kendo stick because tommy dreamer came on he's came in he's supposed to be like this you know a, a good looking kid he was a good looking guy back then. yeah yeah and and he's supposed to be a super baby face so people started hating him and so paul Heyman had him go like extreme or whatever yeah then he was the innovator of violence after that yeah yeah right he liked green though because I remember i remember distinctly there was like a shot of him wearing like a t-shirt but then he had like green really short really tight spandex yeah and and he just looked goofy as hell. Yeah, yeah. Like later on, when because his bits were just everywhere. Yeah, he eventually got the pants. He got the pants. The pants are great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's and how seemingly I very comfy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jorge said everybody stole from everyone, so it probably happened. Yeah, I guess so. I don't it's know. Entirely possible. Nobody nobody knows who this ECW crap is. Nobody knows uh, who Shane Douglas is. Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the one ECW question we have oh, here. Right. Uh, so thanks for that. That's going to do it for this retro review. Um, I had an idea for the next oh, retro review. All right, Larson. I do too. Let's see what yours is. Oh, okay. I'll go first. Have people vote between the first SmackDown and the first Thunder. Okay. What's yours? What's your? I idea? was going to say keep the first Raw and then the first episode of NXT, not the game show. Oh, when oh. NXT was his own brand. Oh, that could be fun. Okay. All right. No, let's do that. I'm All cool right. with that. All I think right. that's fun. Yeah. So up for vote, $5 and up on Patreon, YouTube channel members. The first Monday Night Raw, we're going to give it another shot three times yeah. and you're out. Yeah. But I still kind of want to do that at some point. Yeah, I know. The first Monday Night Raw or the first episode of NXT as a developmental brand after yes. FCW. Yes, yes. Um. Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll do fun. that. We'll do that. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.